You are listening to the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network, part of Chops, Kicks and Nearfalls.com. I have my monster coffee with me. Oh. As always. Monster coffee? Yeah. Do they do they have those over there? Um because I don't not think sure. I know they don't have them in Canada because um I was talking to to a friend of mine and he's like I've never heard of Monster Coffee. It goes hard. Yeah, it's like a uh, uh, I mean I feel like it's probably in some dodgy shop because we have like a weird mix of things here in Ireland. So I mean it's probably there somewhere. Yeah, it's 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 really good. Like um, because I don't know. I just I remember years ago I tried a Monster Coffee. And I was like, oh, that's surprisingly good. Like, you know, it's like a, it was like a frappuccino. But mm-hmm. so the convenience store that's right by my house, I went to it and there was like two left. And I was like, oh, I'll try it again. And it was really good. So I got another one today. And this is the last one I'm going to have forever because they <laughs> don't get stock in ever. Like I used to work oh, there. No. They don't get fucking monster stuff. They, they, whatever. Pain in the ass, but we're, we're reporting <laughs> so I can go at any point now. <laughs> um, okay. Okay, okay, hold on. Uh... That should just be the intro, us discussing Monster Coffee. I feel like our demographic would uh, would appreciate it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I think that we are going to leave that in, because that's a good idea, Alex. Monster <laughs> Coffee, that's our, that's our sponsor for the day. How are you guys doing? As I said, I'm Dylan Murray. That's Alex Richards. Please introduce yourself. Yeah, hi, I'm Alex from Last Word on Pro Wrestling and Voices of Wrestling. Please don't hate me. I just talk about how great Joshi is. I don't. I'm not Joe Lanza. <laughs> um, yeah, we're we're both um Joshi aficionados, and we love this great sport, professional wrestling. We apologize that we're probably a few days late. Um, usually it comes out like every three weeks or so. But I was overexcited about doing a FMW special. You know, Frontier. Frontier Wrestling with Onita and all of those great people, you know, Megumi Kudo, Kamba Toyota. But I didn't realize that there are basically no tapes from 1990s FMW, except for the one-year anniversary, which isn't until November. So please anticipate in October or November an FMW special. If you don't like that idea, please yell at me on Twitter, and I won't do it. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's FMW. Of course you're going to like it. Uh, since we have a bit lighter of a car today, we have one AJW classic episode and we don't have any, um, any JWP or like I said, any FMW, we asked for questions on Twitter at VTG pod. You can ask us questions whenever truly, because we don't really have much else to do except for talk about Joshi wrestling. So ask us more questions about Joshi wrestling today. We only got one question. It was about Jumbo Miyamoto, a joshi legend from the 70s i believe alex i know you know Mm -hmm. a bit more about this than i do so if you'd like to elaborate on who that was and what she did yeah so jumbo actually she debuted back for the uh the all japan women's pro wrestling association which was designed to be like this umbrella promotion that would control all of the women's groups but the matsunaga brothers who founded ajw they had a falling out with the rest of the people in the association and then founded AJW. So she, who allegedly was the cousin of the Matsunaga brothers, jumped to AJW with them. And she went on to become like their big star for their first couple of years, like the early 70s, late 60s. She won 25 tag team championships while she was there. 
she was a five-time Triple WA champion. Um, she was basically just like one of the biggest names in the company, which it's kind of weird given she was like quite short and stocky. Given what we know about AJW, they pushed like tall, you know, pop stars and shit. So like pushing her as hard as they did was kind of strange. But basically, like yeah, they used her then put over Mac Fumiaki, who was meant to be their big star. She was like 16 when she won the belt. She was like a pop star. She was going to be like this big star for AJW. Um, but Mac only lasted a year. And then Jumbo was there to put over the beauty pair, obviously Jackie Sato and Maki Ueda, who had gone to become kind of the first two huge stars for AJW. Dope. You know, when, when you mentioned when you mentioned how she was trying to pass the torch to the 16-year-old who didn't last long, it reminded me, even though this is a classic Joshi podcast, I wanted to give a big shout out to my favorite current wrestler, Azumi, who won her first belt. She's only 17. He's the GOAT. I, I she she's just great. I'm I'm very happy for her. me and me and Alex might have a thing to talk about stardom at some point. Maybe I don't want to spoil anything, even Ooh. though I just did. Yeah. I didn't even know about this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but yeah. Um, shout out to Azumi because she's great and she obviously lasted longer than the the chick who was trying to take Jumbo's spot. So you know, I mean, uh, Rossi push her yeah. to. I mean, Azumi's been Azumi's cool. Uh, she would she would have kicked ass on AJW. Like imagine her and like Jaguar Yakota just flying around the ring would have been cool as shit. She would she would. I feel like she can kick ass. Like you know, like if she if she wanted to, like she could she could hurt people. But but that's, that's uh, a, she showed in that like Momo Watanabe match in the GP last year that like if you if you try and go strikes with her, she will kick you very hard. Momo and Azumi they go hard, but um. Back to uh, you know, thirty plus years ago, because that's that, <laughs> that's what we do here. Um, yeah. So Jumbo Miyamoto, uh, AJW legend. She, I, I personally don't watch a lot of wrestling pre like eighty five, maybe like just in general, like um, you know, even even Western stuff. It's like I don't really go that deep further back, just because I just haven't really gotten the chance to um i know alex you're like uh like you're an actual historian <laughs> where it's like you actually like go into this stuff so so i i love to tee you because i feel like that's that's more of a you type of question but yeah joe yeah. miyamoto sounds like a pretty pretty dope wrestler um short and stocky are pretty dope most of the time like as wrestlers mm-hmm. you know like a tomohiro ishii saida all of those i've other people i don't know if that those were the first people that came to mind but yeah they're they're great wrestlers and um i'm sure if you can find some jumbo tapes i'm sure she would impress you as well um so i believe we can just jump into the ajw classics episode it's episode 41 which was survival shout in cork and hall um it took place in august of 1990 and it was very well known for the fracture of gokumanto the main event, of course, we'll get to that later, but it was Jungle Jack versus the Grizzly One, Grizzly Iwamoto, and Bolnakano. First time Bolnakano and Aja Kongs ever met inside the ring, I believe, unless it was like a, a tournament match. But I'm pretty sure this was the first time ever. And so that's what this match, this show is very well known for. Um, the AGW Classics episode only had a few of the matches, but I looked it up and 
you know, there was a few prelim matches that didn't make tape. Um, you know, like there was a Kyoko Noe tag team match. There was a Kiaro Ito, you know, singles match in the beginning. But what what interested me was in the third match of the night, there were four male rookies in a tag team match. Oh. Um, you know, AJW doesn't do a lot of a lot of male wrestling. So I was like, huh, I wonder who these people were. Their names were Cooley SZ, Bulldog KT as a tag team against Masa Michinoku and Monkey Magic Wakita. And you don't know those names, but you will know what their actual names would go on to be, as it was Jado Ghetto versus the Great Sasuke and Super Dolphin. They were all within what? a year of their debut. <laughs> what the they fuck? had an AJW match, which I, I don't know. Like it's it, I it genuinely didn't make tape because like there's no known like who won. Like no one knows who won the matches. Okay, but that's just in like Jado Ghetto, bro. <laughs> How long have those two been around? And they're still like wrestling creaking around new japan rings like unfortunately they are yes but in 1989 they both <laughs> like within like a couple months of each other and they they as coolio sz and bulldog kt wonderful names both made their <laughs> first and only ajw appearance in the third match of the night and you know i kind of feel bad for kiaro ito because Jado Ghetto were like good for like four years and it wasn't until like 1999. So I imagine them as rookies were a bit rough. Well, I mean, they have great Sasuke to, to lean on, but, but he was, he was the youngest one. He, he started wrestling like three months earlier. It's just insane. Like it's, it's just, I don't, I don't know what else to talk. Like, it's just, I, I'm dumbfounded by that. Because it's like, I was just, you know, like, I was like, oh, I wonder what the other matches were on Survival Shout. And I was like, who the hell are these four jabronis? And I was like, oh, you know, Bullet Club versus the Great Sasuke. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> that, that was so cool. random, though, isn't it? Like, that, isn't it, though, the same with, like, Big Egg? It's meant to be this, like, Joshi super show, but then there's, like, there's, like, midget wrestling and shit on it. Yeah, like, I, I, I was writing a thing that, like, you know, and I started talking about Big Egg, and I was like, it's the biggest all-female show of all time, but then I was like, it's not all-female, so I can't really say that, even though, like, it's yeah. it's predominantly female, but, like, I, it, you know, like, the verbiage, because it's like, yeah, they had midget wrestlers, they had, you know, like, a sideshow jobbers from other companies just, like, hanging out, and it's kind of weird, but, yeah, like, it's, it's just wild that AJW just did that sometimes and it was very random when they did you know like most shows yeah. don't have Jado and ghetto versus the great sasuke and super delphin but i suppose it's like uh do you remember in like early 2000s when new japan had like these occasional women's matches and they had like china wrestling jushin liger and shit it's kind of reminds me of that where there's just people randomly there for whatever reason yeah i mean i think that's the best way to like uh to assess it because I don't know why else they would have rookie Jado Ghetto versus rookie Sasuke and rookie like that's just fucking insane. I'm sorry. I'm probably rambling way too much about this, but considering we didn't even watch it. But it's just it's just weird to me and it's hilarious. Um but let's get into the actual show that we watched. Um the first match was your favorite, 
a kickboxing match <laughs> between Mima Shimoda and Yumika Hoda. And this match was really something, wasn't it, Alex? It yeah, I mean it was it was a match that that happened. I'm glad though they cut it because apparently this went like six rounds or something. We only saw maybe like five minutes. Because if you showed me six rounds of this, I might quit. Like honestly, yeah, I, I, that's kind of confusing, honestly, because it's like it it felt like it was pretty like I didn't feel like any cut was like very drastic. I thought that it was just two rounds and Hoda beat her ass, honestly, because that's that's why I assumed happened. Um, of course you did. Of course you just assume Hoda beats ass all the time. Well, yeah, but um, I, I also I also noticed that in in Shimoda's corner was Toshio Yamada, one, another one of our favorites. Um, I had found out in between episodes that during this time she was considered retired. Like she wasn't like there wasn't a plan for her to come back at this point. So um, you know, if she had just stayed retired, we would would have lost out on so much in the future. But I just found that sort of weird. Like, I, I don't know if you knew that, but like, you know, during these like eight to 12 months that she's injured, you know, because we saw her get injured earlier in the year. Um, During these these months, she was like considered like just not a wrestler anymore. And that that sort of sh- surprised me because it's like she is so integral to like the rest of the 90s. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, she goes on to be, like, a big thing. I wonder if, though, that's, like, what AJW did, because they had so many wrestlers that they were just like, oh, if you're injured for the long term, we don't need you anymore. Because didn't they do the same with Debbie Malenko? She, like, broke her leg or something, and then she just never wrestled with them again. Because, I mean, they had hundreds of people trying to get onto cards. Yeah, that's true. Joshi is shady, man. Oh, AJW is crazy. I've I've read an interview where Bull was like, yeah, when you're a new wrestler, you're like not even a human. So like they told me to cut my hair and I did it. Otherwise, I'd have never had a career. And I was like, that's that's like emotional abuse. Like, oh, my God. I know. I know. And it's like it to a certain degree. It's still I mean, it's not the same, obviously, but there's still like there's still elements of that nowadays. And it's just weird how like. uh, I don't know how it's, it's very intense, but it's also very graceful. So it's like to think about it, like Joshi wrestling is extremely like it's one of the most corrupt brands of wrestling. It sort of sucks to think about it like that. But when you look at it, it just kind of is. And it's it's just it's not even weird, just like sort of like, damn, you know, like that's that's my entire takeaway is just damn. Yeah, no, it's but, not it's not great. But, but I mean, I think all the wrestling has been revealed to be pretty bad, so I can't really judge too harsh. Yeah, that's that's pretty true. Um, back to the the wonderful kickboxing <laughs> back to match. The match. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're we've been digressing this entire time. But um, <laughs> Hoda at a at a certain point, you could just tell that Hoda is no longer putting up with bullshit, and she just starts hurting Shimoda. Like that's it. Like she starts like you know getting after her, and at one point. You know, like that. It was. It was really. Yumika Hoda is a good kicking wrestler, but this wasn't a wrestling match, so she was not good. Um, but mm-hmm. she was better than Mima Shimoda, so there's that. And basically, she knocked down Shimoda at one point, and you know, Shimoda's face is completely fucked up, and Shimoda starts getting back up, and Yumika Hoda just kicks her leg, and she falls back to the ground. <laughs> 
<laughs> just to be an asshole. And yeah, so so um Hoda eventually wins. I assume by ref stoppage, but you know, considering it apparently went six rounds, maybe she has won by decision and it like cut looked weird. But I assumed it was by ref decision because um, you know, Shimoda did not look okay. And after the match, um Shimoda went after Hoda, which was not a good idea, because she got her shit rocked again. <laughs> like, I don't know what you were going for there, honey. But, yeah. Um, H- Hoda wins this match. Um, class of 85 taking no losses this far. Let's see how that continues, considering um, three of the four matches on this card included class of 85 wrestlers. Um, of course, that being Yumika Hoda, Suzuka Nishiwake, Suzuka Minami, and Akira Hokuto. Um, Next up is Nishiwake and Suzuka Minami, and it's against Medusa and Norio Tateno. So good old Kyo Tateno, huh? Good old Kyo Tateno. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> come on, I, I thought I messed something up, and then come on, no, but but yeah. So to say that I wasn't particularly interested in this match going into it would be kind of an understatement because everybody knows that we are not the biggest Medusa fans and Naria Tateno is Naria Tateno in 1990 so she's not very like uh you know but this match was different I I'm not sure what it was but Tateno was very on her game and it seemed like it was like a big match for her. I looked it up. It wasn't like her anniversary or anything. It wasn't her birthday. Like it, was, she just was like, you know what? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a show that I'm a bad bitch. And she did. She did very, very well. Um, you know, class of '85, they went pretty hard. Um, it was pretty good throughout the opening. Uh, they tried to work on Medusa's leg, but Medusa is not that good of a seller. So I was very, very happy when she butt scooted her way across the ring to get away. <laughs> and then they didn't work on her leg for the rest of the match, which is great because then she didn't have to sell and she just got to be Medusa. Um, and, you know, the match got really chaotic. It was it was it was really pretty good. It was kind of all over the place. But, you know, as is life, you know, AJW mid card matches are often all over the place, but it was fun. Um, at one point, <laughs> Minami and Nishiwake um, went for four consecutive dives from the top rope, and every single one of them missed. <laughs> <laughs> like, Nishiwake, you know, went for two drop kicks. She went for one, and then she missed. She went for another, and then she hit Minami, and then she went for a crossbody. She hit Minami. And then, and I'm just like, okay, can we just, I don't think that this is necessary anymore. Just hit her. Like there's like, it's not, you can't keep doing this when it keeps failing. But luckily for them, they didn't need a top rope move to take away the, take home the victory. Um, Minami ended up victory rolling Medusa and got the win. Uh, I don't think that anything was bad about this match. I wouldn't say that it was great, but I thought it was, it was enjoyable um medusa didn't hurt anything specifically you know except for except for like you know the the beginning where it's like she didn't really sell when her leg was being attacked but whatever and you know i feel like tateno really was on her game i didn't really mention it much but you know she she hit the knee strikes she 
was really like going at a faster pace than she has been throughout the rest of these episodes. So I thought that she did pretty good. Um, again, I don't know if you know if there was any importance to this match or not because it seemed like there was. No, it didn't. Um, it doesn't seem like it was an important match. Maybe it was just one of those where like Suzuka and Ishiwaki were like we're teaming, but we're also rivals. Maybe maybe there was that to it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was just it was. It felt like there was something to it. Obviously, Nishiwake, you know, only has a couple months left, and like, there's that. But other than that, it just felt like there was something like a, like there was like an importance to it, but not as important it's as Corkin. I don't know. You know, some people are. Yeah. Some wrestlers perform when they're in Corkin. I don't know if Tatano's last match when she wasn't very good was in Corkin as well, but I don't know. Yeah, it was because it was the Japan Grand Prix. And that was in Cork. Oh, yes. In fairness, we don't blame her for that, though. That was all Medusa. Yeah. Yeah, that was like, that was a lot of Medusa. <laughs> we really riff on Medusa. I like, like, I like Alundra, Alundra Blaze, but like, she just, just was not very good in AJW. She didn't have it yet. Yeah. Like, it's, and it's, mm-hmm. it's really, it really does suck because I do love Alundra Blaze. I think that she's, you know, one of, she's really great. But like, at this point, it's just like, it's really easy to see. That it is not good when she's in the ring. Yeah, I mean she's better than like the uh, the WWF ladies that used to get sent over when the Bomb Angels would go to WWF. Like those girls were atrocious, and they would like the, the AJW girls would work down to them. So whereas at least Medusa's like you, you guys can work however you want. I'll try and keep up, but maybe won't. So at least she's not like actively bad like that. I agree. I, I think that she's, like I said, she was fine in this match. She was, you know, she didn't really add a ton, but she didn't take away anything. So that I think that she did fine. Um, in fact, I think that her first opening burst was pretty good, except for, you know, like little things like she, her ring awareness, she would like get caught up in the ropes and, you know, just like tiny things like that. But I think that she did fine. Um, hopefully we don't have to riff on her too much because, Again, I don't like doing this. I feel like I do it all the time, but you know, it's just it is how it is. Yeah, so that match was that match was fine. Um, nothing amazing, but it was definitely enjoyable. The next two matches were fucking barn burners, though. I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. These these kicked ass. And with that being said, that's two and zero for the class of '85. Shout out. So let's see how it continues. Uh, Minami Toyota versus Akira Hokuto, a rematch of the Japan Grand Prix. And this was a million times better than their Japan Grand Prix match. And their Japan Grand Prix match was pretty good. That's what I think. And I just said Japan Grand Prix so much, I can't even understand what the word means. But... But but the match the match starts with one of like the best opening sequences I've seen in a long time because basically you know Hokuto's coming back like obviously she had a match last month but it was like a you know wasn't that big of a deal um you know it was just another Fire Jets versus um Marine Wolves match well not it wasn't Fire Jets it was um Tateno and Hoda but oh, yes. but today she well not today in this in this match. She kind of went hard, like um, she refuses the handshake out the gate, and then Toyota just starts slapping the shit out of her, 
And then she pushes Toyota and she starts slapping the shit out of her. And then they start suplexing each other and they throw each other out of the ring and they fucking pile drive each other on the fucking concrete. They they start diving on like they just went crazy in the first like four minutes. And it was great, man. You know, after that kind of calmed down for a second and you can tell that, you know, a big part of this match was Hokuto's knee and Minami Toyota like targeting the knee. And that was pretty interesting because, you know, Toyota doesn't really do um, limb work at this point. She's pretty much all, you know, like a fast paced, you know, going for roll ups basically the entire time. So her doing limb work was like a new thing. She was pretty uncharacteristic in this match. And I thought that was pretty interesting. A little bit later on the match, she got uh, a headlock in and she almost choked out Hokuto, which is not a sentence that you'll usually hear regarding Manami Toyota at this point in time. And it was it was nice seeing her work a different style, like not saying that she's not good at what she does, but it, it was just like an interesting change of pace. And um, by the end, Akira Okuto was more of a heel, but during the, the early going, Akira Okuto was more of the face because she had the, the knee injury. That's like, oh, well, you know, whoever's targeting the injury is kind of a dick. So, you know, Toyota kind of playing a heel, not really, but kind of, was also pretty interesting to me. I don't know if you... Um, I don't even think it was her playing the heel. I think it was her, like, like her established character is, like, she's younger than all of these women, but she's, she's really good, so she wrestles them a lot, and so she just has to take anything she can get. But to me, it just felt like a younger wrestler going, right, there's a weakness here, and I'm going to have to exploit it, otherwise I'm going to get blitzed. So I'm not sure yeah. I'd say she played heel. It was just kind of playing into the psychology of being more inexperienced. That's true. It's also possible that like Minamichiro's face just always looks upset. So like her, yeah, she's like, got resting like, bitch face big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was very easy for me to just think, oh, she's 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 kind of being a dick. But you know, I think I think you're probably more right than than I am in this case. Um, yeah, and. Near the end of the match, you know, it started like it, it, the crowd was hot the entire time, um, and it was going pretty pretty long, and I didn't mind it. Like I thought that it was like the the length; it wasn't that bad. Like I think that they kept up very well. Near the end, Toyota, um, I don't know how I feel about this because she kicked out of a missile drop kick to the back of the head. Then she kicks out of the Northern Lights driver. Then she kicks out of a Dragon Suplex. Then she kicks out of another fucking drop kick. And then they go to a time limit draw. Have we seen Northern Lights driver at this point? Um, I don't think so. At least not as a finish. Yeah, like, like I don't know. It's 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 just. It's weird that like I like she did it and I was like, holy shit, she hit the Northern Lights driver and then it got a two mm-hmm. against a young Minami Toyota. Like that's yeah, that I was kinda surprised, but I'm I yeah. mean maybe I don't think it was her finish at the time, probably. Should make yeah. more sense because I don't think they'd give Minami that much. I mean I know she won the Grand Prix, but they're not just gonna go, right, you're gonna bury Akira here. Yeah. And but the thing is, is that like I up to this point, she had been beating people mostly with the missile drop kick, and she hit mm-hmm. two of them, and she still kicked out. So at this point, I was like, okay, what what is her move? Because it's like 
she hit all of them. <laughs> like, like yeah. there's nothing else that, that she's won with that she didn't hit here. Um, unless, you know, unless like a roll up, like, but, but that's not really like her mm-hmm. go-to thing. She's just rolling people up. Yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't really roll up, does she? Yeah, she, she's done it in one of the matches, I think. And it was, you know, not really even memorable. Like, as in, like, oh, she does this roll-up. She just got a roll-up. So, mm. yeah, it was just weird. Like, like I don't know. Maybe I, I read into things way too much all the time. But I'm just like, what? Like, they really gave Toyota a lot. Like, she looked really good. She took a lot of, of like, big offense. And, you know, they went to a time limit draw. The crowd was hot for a time limit draw. You know, this is before the time when people got infuriated because it was a time limit draw. Um, and they just, you know, accepted it because draws happen. But after the match, Hokuto did get a lot of heat. I don't know what she said because it was all in Japanese, of course. But, like, the crowd was fucking mad at her. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't know what the fuck she said, but <laughs> they were not happy. And if you slight like, Toyota, they will they will hate you. Like this this crowd adores Minami Toyota. It's insane. Yeah, and like she's, I mean, she's not new. She's been at it for like three and a half years at this point. But like, mm-hmm. she's pretty new to be getting this type of you know like uh, tribalism on her side. You know, like like don't diss Toyota. Like that's that's wild because it's like you know, I don't know that that's just. I think I think Manami Toyota watching her in 1990 in general is just sort of jarring to me, even though it's like it's not because I've been watching her in 1990 for the past like months now. But it's just like these people really like her, and it's like she isn't as good. She isn't even as good as she eventually gets, and these people are obsessed with her. It makes sense why she, you know. She had the pressure to be so fucking good eventually because it's like if she if she just plateaued, I don't think that a lot of things would have happened because she was getting built up so much by, you know, the crowd and by, you know, the the wins that she's getting or, you know, in this case, time limit draw against a very, very big deal of a wrestler. Like, it's just it's just kind of it's kind of insane to me. I don't know. I'm at a loss for words right now. Yeah, I mean, I think. As somebody who watched a lot of this unfold, I think her match style is different than a lot of the other women. And it's very much this, like, it's built around big near falls and exciting matches and dramatic matches. I think if you look at the culture at the time, like, nobody was having matches like she was. So I can kind of understand them getting behind her as the best wrestler, maybe on the roster. And that's kind of what happened. A lot of her matches around this time were very much... We're just going to throw bombs. We're going to kick out of a lot of shit. Going to go to a draw. It's going to be really cool. And the crowds just eat it up, to be honest. So I think maybe her popularity comes from that, in that she was such a good wrestler that she got over. That's that's very true. Uh, I was about to make a Okada joke that I would have gotten a lot of heat for the Joshi community. Please <laughs> so do I'm it. Gonna... Please, please do it. Please. <laughs> you can edit it out, like... Just, just like, just like how Okada, everybody loves Okada because he's the greatest wrestler of all time, right? Like, no, but that's that's I'm not. That's not that's a, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm done. Yeah, that's not. Bye. Please, please don't. 
please don't put that because it was a joke. Please, I've I've been I've been canceled enough for my wrestler opinions. Okay, I don't need any yeah, more. I, I saw that like on Twitter. You were like, "Oh, I'm canceled now," and I was like, "I kind of want to know why because it could be a few things." But it's, it's I didn't because... I didn't want to ask. It could be a few things. That makes me sound like I'm like the worst. But no, it's because I said that Sonata gets the same hate that Saki gets, and neither of them deserve it. So I was Saki like, Saki Kashima or Shima. Oh, uh, I mean, I don't know. Do people hate Sonata because he used to be really good and isn't anymore? Because I mean, Saki Kashima in like 2012 was was killer, but now she like, isn't as killer. Yeah. That's part of it, and also I I feel like, and we're going on a bunch of tangents on this, but I don't really. <laughs> I I feel like like they can both be put in a better position, but they aren't, and people like I don't think I don't think Sonata should be wrestling Okada every single fucking month, because why? Just like I don't feel like Saki should be. I feel like Saki should be a high speed wrestler because I feel like Saki has done amazing in the four high-speed matches that she's had. So I think that's where she should be. But instead, she's like... She's high enough on the card, but she gets beat, and it's just like she's in a really weird spot, and she's not that great, but she is really good. And I said this to a lot of people who don't like Sonata, so that was most of it. Oh, I see. So, you know, they saw it as a slight on Saki, and I'm just like, no, I'm just, I'm just saying and yeah i got canceled for it but uh that's fair i i, I think you deserve that but <laughs> okay let's see how it is um but fast of 85 <laughs> goes undefeated even though it was a draw they go undefeated and you love to see it class of 85 goes hard uh shout out yumika hoda shout out suzuka minami shout out mitsuko nishiwake and shout out akira hokuto they are some of the goats because class of eighty seven is much pretty dope. And eighty six. There are a few like notable classes, like Yeah, but 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 still eighty eighty five is my favorite because you know Hoda and Hokuto are are, are fucking Hokuto Hoda. Like it doesn't like it doesn't really like except for You don't really need to explain it. Like everybody everybody who knows knows, you know, we get it. Yeah, exactly. Um but we're main event time. Let's go, boys. Uh, it's Jungle Jack versus Bull Nakano and the Grizzly One, Grizzly Wimoda. Um, Very famous match. Very good match. The most famous part of this match is probably the, the kendo stick spot, which I'm pretty sure everybody has seen. That, that annoys me so much because they cut off the best part, which is Bull just yanking the, the stick off of uh, Bison and breaking it off of Aja. I'm like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Why isn't this in the GIFs? Like I know what are they and doing like, wrong? Like honestly, like that was like the least intense part of the match, which is insane. Yeah, yeah, definitely. These this was crazy. Cause like I don't know, like part it probably it probably was even more like intense and brutal for me because like I still am sort of holding on to like I miss Gokumanto. I I want I want I want to see Grizzly and 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 Bison together, but then it's like they just are genuinely trying to murder each other. I'm just like this is sad, but you know, it's wrestling. So like, it starts with Bull and Bison going at it and Aja and Grizzly going at it. Aja and Grizzly are just sort of, you know, going at it like a normal Gokumanto match. Um mm. whereas 
Bull and Bison, they are trying to murder each other. Like, I'm convinced that, like, I, I feel like there was some deep-seated heat amongst them. Because if there wasn't, then they are just sadistic motherfuckers that can just, like, that, like, I don't know. Like, they, they were... You know, like there was there was biting, there was unprotected headshots with chairs, there was fucking, you know, gushes on the fucking on the forehead in the first two and a half minutes of the match. And it was all from Bison and Bull. And I'm just like, holy sh like like I feel I feel like this is like real, bro. Like it's even it just felt very, very like raw. And it kind of creeped me out, but then once I got into it, I was into it, and I was ready. Um, then Grizzly eventually got busted open with, you know, both Aja and Bison biting her head. Very, I don't like like was biting always a thing for Gokumanto because I feel like they just started biting everybody just like in this match like so fucking much. <laughs> yeah, it feels like they uh, they decided to take dumps thing but instead of using a fork they're just like we're just gonna bite people you know yeah i mean dump used to like dig the the fork into their head so they'd bleed but they were just like nah forks are not sanitary at all we're just gonna bite you <laughs> we 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 believe in sanitation here in gokuma that's why we will mm -hmm. bite you instead of stab you which is you know it's the way to be guys it's the way to be bite don't great advice uh, <laughs> yeah, and like they just did it so much that at one point I just put in my notes like these women really do be biting each other for like five minutes at a time. <laughs> like it's just like it's still going, like it's just still happening. Um, <laughs> like that was like it that was an integral part of like seriously it was an integral part of the match was that they were just biting the shit out of each other. Um, and then eventually Grizzly gets out the kendo stick and she starts beating Bison with it. And again, the Outsiders, which is, you know, Grizzly and Bison, they are one of my favorite tag teams at this point. You know, like, I just really enjoy them as a duo. I think that they um, they always come second fiddle to, like, in, in history to Aja and Bull. So it's like I always, like, have a, like, little soft spot for the underdogs. Plus, they're just really fucking good. So seeing, mm -hmm. seeing Grizzly just beat the shit out of her with a kendo stick, it was like, damn, so this is really, this is really over. <laughs> like they like they they ain't coming back from this as a tag team and then bison gets the nightstick out starts beating grizzly with it and i was like oh they really aren't aren't going back and then aja gets another kendo stick and there's a lot of sticks in the ring there's like four. Oh, and there was a tin can at one point you know aja's yes Aja's gimmick lovely tin can that would evolve to the bin yeah um i while i was watching the match i was trying to come up with like a good tin can pun i could say on the show but i just couldn't find i couldn't think like i'm just i'm not um, really let me down here yeah i'm i'm, I'm sorry alex but um if it should be if you can't beat bull a tin can didn't shh, there oh jesus <laughs> god oh this, this this podcast is gonna die a real hard day <laughs> <laughs> You just get a DM tomorrow, like, man, I can't do this anymore. I quit. It's like, yeah, yeah, like, like, fucking, you know, all of the supporters, fucking cheese. Shout out, cheese. I love you, buddy. Like, he's just gonna be like, yeah, you know, I don't know, I, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> it was good up to a point, but I think, I think it's over. But, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs>
But yeah, so they they do the they do the double kendo stick spot, and then they do the the better spot where Bull just starts beating the shit out of Aja. And throughout this entire match, I'm gonna be quite honest. I feel like Bison was the MVP of it. Like I know that was that the whole match was like meant to build Bull and Aja, and I think the Bull and Aja bits were really good. Like they were like they were they were magical. You know, like they felt like ooh, this is like very special, and this feels really like like you know important. But I feel like from a wrestling standpoint and from a match standpoint, Bison was just fucking on her shit, and I loved it. I just think I think Bison versus Bull would have been a a money match, even though they ended up going very heavily with Aja versus Bull. I feel like Bison versus Bull could have been just as good, and I know that's a slight on your favorite wrestler of all time. I'm sorry, but I just feel like that would have been crazy. No, it's it's fair to be honest because I think during this feud, Bison at her best like she she was fantastic during this feud to the point that when she retires i was very sad to see her go um the stuff with aja and bull is weirdly like psycho psychological i thought like whenever grizzly was in trouble bull was just like right fuck out of here i'm gonna beat these two up aja wasn't able to help bison and you could tell that was really getting to her she was because she was just screaming at various points trying to get bull off of her like it was just this weird psychological thing of aja you know, she's not there yet, but she really started to unleash that monster as the match went on. So I thought that was really interesting kind of thread to the match. I'm not sure if you picked up on that or... I, I, I could definitely see it because it did feel like um like Aja and, and Bison were very like just close as wrestlers. And it's like, mm-hmm. like obviously they're Jungle Jack, so it's like we know that they're, you know, they're a tag team, but it's like it felt like they were it felt like they had emotion and it doesn't feel like that in wrestling sometimes you know it feels like there's you know, beating people up and like you know like like heels don't have emotion as much as they probably should so it 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 did it i can see what what you mean i didn't pick up in as much um just cuz i was just watching in disbelief as they were murdering each other but Fair. but yeah i i i can definitely see what what you're talking about cuz and Grizzly, Grizzly and Bull definitely had a certain relationship too, where it's like at the very beginning, like nobody started like hitting each other until you know, Bison started pushing, and then like like because because for for clarification, it started like where all four of them were in the center. Bull was staring at Aja, and Grizzly was staring at Bison, and basically like they just sort of like switched because it's like, Hey, don't be, don't push my partner. And then they like all switched to the like di- diagonal opponent. So it's like, it did feel like, despite the fact that these four used to be like a team. So it's like, it's sort of sad that these aren't, they're splitting. It did feel like they were trying to salvage that. It's like, no, they're still teams. It's just that they aren't a team for anymore. You know, like it's, they still yeah. felt like there was a, a, connection and it wasn't just them being kind of you know like oh we're teaming up today um the- yeah and i think if i may like jump in i think that speaks to the to the weakness maybe of the bond with gokumon toe because it always felt like they were just together because they were all with dump and not really that like bull wanted them or they wanted to be with bull it was always just kind of well dump's gone so like it's the leader now yeah and and i was gonna say that that's like um I'm not really sure why Gokumanto just like like because like last month you know the outsiders were teaming together. I mean Aja was in Bull's corner, and I was just like, okay. And then next month they all are trying to murder each other. So, but then you think about it, and it's like it it 
wouldn't take a lot to break the quote-unquote bond of Gokumanto because you know like certain members had a bond like I feel like um Grizzly and Bison had a bit more of a bond than this lets up you know like I feel like it was just broken in a heartbeat because one of them had to go with Bo, one of them had to go with Aja but other than that like it sort of makes sense that it's like Bo and Aja you know it's like hey you know fuck you no fuck you and then it's a fucking explosion like that makes sense and I, I agree with what you mean that it's like Okamoto wasn't very you know like togetherness as much as they were like all they they were of the same philosophy because of dump and it wasn't that they were all teammates as much as they all believed the same thing and so it was bull that was like hey i've been here the longest if you believe this if you agree with this if this is how you do things then you're my subject basically and that was just sort of how it was and i could definitely see why it split i'm still sad that it split because i just have i love gokamanto um but you know it is what it is um Bison pinned Grizzly, by the way, with a German suplex. Because I didn't, I didn't mention. I just saw. Her. But yeah, so she she pinned Grizzly. Um, they were both bleeding heavily out of their heads, and it was quite, it was quite interesting. Um, Kong and Nakano just start beating each other up after the match too. And then, Haja Haja cries a lot at this point, which mm-hmm. is which is like it's not weird, but it's just like sort of like. Again, it's jarring because, like, in a year, it's like she'll be the most stone cold motherfucker in the in the company, you know. Like, like, but at this point, this is like the third match that she's cried, and it's like that nothing against her crying. Like, she can cry. Like, you know, I, I, it's just, it's just weird to know that Aja Kong has tears. Like, you know, like, you know, like that. It's just like it's a. <laughs> It's a weird thing to witness, but you know, like like you say, it's it's not the same Aja Kong that eventually becomes Aja Kong. Yeah, I mean, I find it interesting to like see her growth more than anything. Like as you said, she goes on to be a stone cold killer. So I think it's it's interesting to see her now. Like she's younger, she's newer, she kind of has emotions, but to be champion, she kind of has to kill those off and just go in and just try and kill people. So she, and she still hasn't learned that yet. So I think it's interesting to see that growth. Yeah, that's true. I. How do you feel about her getting into the main event picture so quickly? Because I mean, it's not like quickly, but it's pretty quickly, considering the, the scenario. Because like like we say, it's like, uh, they lost the Crush Gales, and after that, they sort of scrambled, for a long time, maybe not a long time, for like a year, and they picked. Okay, well, we're gonna have. Aja go all out and it's like I'm I'm fine with it because I'm excited for the cage matches I'm excited for you know uh, Jungle Jack with tag gold eventually but you know like it, uh, unbiased as a journalist Alex <laughs> how do you feel about Kong getting thrusted into this role not not saying that she didn't deserve it but just like it it's a weird scenario when you look at the first match that she had this year and this match, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I I can understand why they did it. She certainly has a presence and an ability. But I, I think maybe they weren't expecting her to get as big as she was, because it seemed for a while, and I know I'm jumping, but it seemed for a while like Kyoko, in a way, was kind of like their their girl. um, And then they just kind of went with Aja. So I think like I can understand why they went, okay, we're going to push you, because... 
you know, Bull's going to retire in two years and we'll need a new big monster heel. So, like, that kind of makes sense to me. But then I don't think they ever maybe intended on having her be as big as she did. I don't know if you kind of would agree with that or if I'm talking shit here, but... No, I, I can definitely get it. Um, I think that it's very possible that Ajra was just sort of like, a, okay, we we need her in case something happens to Bull. Like, uh, as an insurance policy, almost. Not saying that she wasn't great on her own, not saying that she couldn't do it on her own, and she proved that she can 100% do it on her own, but that it was, like, sort of an insurance that's like, okay, we can't have Aja in Bull's shadow, but we need her in case something happens to Bull. So I think that the way that they executed that, and they are going to execute that as we move forward, is very smart, and I I think I know what you mean. Like, I think I think you, you hit the nail on the head that's like, um... You know, it's it's not it's not entirely that it's like, oh, we're rocket strapping her and she's going to be the biggest thing of all time. But it's that, you know, she's useful and she can do it. You know, she can do what she can do. And then she sort of overperformed as time went on. And um, you mentioned Kyoko Inoue. I just wanted to say that um, I believe it's the first show that she had face paint on because we didn't watch her match because it was like a prelim and it wasn't recorded. But in the main event, she was a second, and she had her her full face paint on. So, you know, we were just talking oh. about it. We were just talking about it last month that you know, oh, Kyoko without face paint is fucking weird. Well, uh, they listened to us thirty years in advance, <laughs> and they got her some face paint. That good job, AJW. I respect it. I respect it. You listen to the boys. <laughs> the boys, the experts, the, the the Joshi experts who compare Sonata to Saki Kashima. <laughs> no, no, no! Hold on, hold on, hold on! Don't include me in that. Oh yeah, sorry about that. But but yeah, that's that was AJW Classics number forty-one. Um, Survival Shout Cork and Hall. It was a very good show. I'll say that. Like um, I know last month I was a negative Nancy, rightfully so, because the match, the show sucked, but. This show was very good. I think that, you know, even though we only got four matches, I feel like all four matches delivered something to the show that was meaningful. Even even the second match that wasn't like the, the you know, end-all, be-all of tag team matches, it was a really good tag team match. Um, martial arts match, again, probably one of the weaker martial arts matches, but because it has star power in it, it was fun to watch you know like like the martial arts match that we watched the other time with um hasegawa versus uh i'm blanking on her name but the the six rounder that you got you were like uh this is a long ass match um i thought that was really really good because they both were a certain level and they both were really good at at the kickboxing when they weren't getting eaten by bat yoshinaga but I feel like they didn't have the star power that Mima Shimoda and Yumika Hoda did. So watching Yumika Hoda beat somebody up in a shoot, while it might not be pretty, it was pretty fun to watch. I'll say that. How did you feel about the show? Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Um, when you had said, oh, we're just doing the one classic, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a short one. Then, like, the two matches gave us a lot to talk about, and they were very, you know, they were there was a lot to analyze and they're fun to talk about uh both are on my ajw classic spreadsheet i am a nerd and have spreadsheets for everything so if anybody ever wants to say oh ajw classic matches should i watch i have a spreadsheet for that and both of these matches are on there because they kick ass 
you know, people hate spreadsheet guys. <laughs> yeah, I'd see. I got. I, I have an infatuation with spreadsheets because I did computers for a year, and I really, really liked them because it was the only thing I could do well. So now I use them for everything. That's fair. I respect that. But no, I. You know, it's just like one of those things that's like it's like oh, you got to watch wrestling with a spreadsheet. It's like no, we'll just like being an analytical. Don't be an asshole. But yeah. See, I write articles all the time about like top ten matches of the month or like the matches of the year. So I kind of have to keep a record of them somewhere. That's fair. Uh, yeah. You know, I I I personally don't keep a spreadsheet, but I think that you know both of these I keep the you know percentage and both of the main event matches get got over eighty percent, which is pretty good considering that the highest that we've had so far for me has been eighty five. So you know, because like. 100% is going to be the greatest match of all time, which I don't even, but you know, like, so I'm very, I'm very, very harsh with my ratings in that degree. So I'd say that this match, this show was probably one of the better shows of the year because the other shows had their problems. You know what I mean? Like, a, you know, for every, for every Bull Nakano versus Minami Toyota, there is a Medusa versus Aja Khan. But for this show, I don't think there was any real weak points, and the weak point it had was still pretty damn good. So I think that that was pretty good. I think Survival Shout delivered very, very well, and I hope that we delivered to you very, very well, our faithful listeners who probably will never listen to us again after this. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. We, this was a mess. Like, it was fun, and I loved it, but this was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> but okay um thank you for listening do you have anything else to add before i cut you off um no not really no i can't i think we got it all out there okay good if you if you want to cancel me on twitter you can go to at xxqben um everybody loves to do it it's a very good time yelling at me about my wrestling opinions if you want to follow the podcast if you want to ask us questions on the podcast which, as you can tell by this wonderful hour of talking about nonsensical shit, that we are experts on this subject. You can go to at VTGPod on Twitter. Alex, shout out your Twitter, please. Um, yeah, it's at L-W-O-S-P-W, Alex Orr. It's probably just easier to search for my name. It's Neutra Alex, which is N-E-W-T-R-A-L-E-X. You probably shouldn't follow me. Um, my sense of humor doesn't really translate to text, so all of my tweets look really weird. But uh, if you want to torture yourself, then go ahead. He's he, he's not that bad. I mean, he's he's not that bad. Um, yeah, you know, thank you for listening. If you've made it through this entire podcast, like, thank you. We love you a lot. And if you want, you can you know tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your dog, tell your grandma, tell your sister, tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor's dog. To listen to the best in the biz about classic Joshi wrestling. Ejo. Jesus Christ, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that show? <laughs>